Welcome back to the Remedial Film Class Podcast. I'm your host, Dan. And I'm Travis. I'm George. And I'm Richard. Hey, Richard's back. Hello. For our 100th episode. Oh, is it amazing? Richard Oliver from the Chasing Tone Podcast is here for our 100th episode when we made George watch. This is Spinal Tap. Nice. I can't believe that it's taken this long to get George to watch it, quite frankly. I know George has seen nothing in his life and lives basically a little bit like the boy in the bubble in that song. But (laughs) how can you be a guitar player and not watch this film, George? I don't know. Well, he kind of has seen bits of this movie in other movies. Everyone has. You're right. No, the the only part I have ever seen is the Eleven scene. Right. But I'm saying, like, you don't get Wayne's World without this movie. So you've seen a lot, and you don't get The Office without this movie. So you've seen a lot of this movie without knowing that you've seen a lot of this movie. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, 100%. I was actually describing it to... uh, so my my parents came down today uh, and we went out and had dinner with them randomly and we were chatting about it uh, and I said yeah we're going to uh, talk about this is spinal tap and my dad was like I can never understand that film that's set in a psychiatrist's hospital or something so I was like no that's <laughs> one flew over the cuckoo's nest right. <laughs> kind of similar I guess yeah in that they have credits <laughs> yeah they are films yeah. the movie and they has star credits are movies it has actors in it <laughs> I wonder if there is a crossover actor. Hmm. I don't uh, think there is, actually. I didn't see one, although there's a no. shit ton of cameos in this movie. that. I... Oh, it's one of my favorite bits about it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I have to make a confession. I've never seen this movie. So what? this is my first time. Yeah. I didn't want to announce that last week because yeah. I didn't want to be the guy that's like, oh, God, if I hate it, I'm going to be like burned at the stake. But wow. I, I, being an actor and taking improv classes and stuff, this movie is so up my alley. The improv it's, is so it's, good. It's not even funny that I haven't seen. So yeah. on the guitar end for your for you for the improv end for you for me I cannot believe yeah, I've never. You've seen been this improving movie. for the past I, yes. twenty years, and I've been playing guitar for the past twenty years, and, and neither of us have seen this movie. This, I didn't go in blind because I knew that it was satirical. I knew that yeah. it was who they were. I knew mm-hmm. all the guys. I've seen all their other movies, but I've never seen this. And wow, yeah, I, I mean, uh, it, it, it is a genre. Um, definer, opener, I guess. The mockumentary mm-hmm. didn't uh, kind of existed before this, I guess, but really this made I it. I don't know. I, this is Rob Reiner's first movie directing. Is it really? I, I didn't I know think, that. I think I, I think I learned, read that somewhere. I wrote it down, then I read it. Uh, Richard, it's uh, a rockumentary. <laughs> and then it is a rockumentary. I believe right. that Reiner coined that phrase in an interview. Mo- mockumentary. He called it a mockumentary. Yeah. So I don't know. I could be completely wrong again. I always, you know, speak an opinion and never have any fact. But so, um, <laughs> oh, well, uh, you're in good company because that is basically my entire I'm like, I life. I think he got an Oscar, but I'm not sure. And then later on, we find out he did. Yeah. So, oh, see, I didn't even know that. But, but see, if you say, but if you say I'm not sure, then if he didn't, he's like, well, yeah, I wasn't right. sure. So, well, that's what the news does today. They just say, you know, if this is true, it appears as though right. <laughs> this might be though. the case, right? If true, then blah, 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 blah. That's the new phrase. Unnamed sources report, oh, but they've been discredited. Yeah, I so. think sources. we need to avoid the news. <laughs> I'll just leave that tweet because, up. Yeah, yeah, the, the news is that. not a good place to be right now. <laughs> but it's uh, good because that plays into the, like, this movie is so ahead of its time. Uh, yes, I, although, and, and this is the interesting thing. So I don't know whether you guys are familiar with something called The Comic Strip Presents, which is a British cult comedy series 
made essentially by the sort of uh, new wave of alternative comedians in the 80s. Uh, So we're talking Rick Mayall, Adrian Edmondson, Ben Elton, people like that. And they did did something called Bad News, um, which came out around the same time as this is Spinal Tap. And it is literally the British version of Spinal Tap. It's following a British band called Bad News, who are played by Nigel Planer, uh, Rick Mail, Adrian Edmondson, who go and do, like, spoof songs. And so for me, when I first saw Spinal Tap, I had that moment of, well, what came first, Bad News or Spinal Tap? Now, mm. I'm led to believe that Spinal Tap came first. But a quick look on Google will tell me, so uh, excuse me. Now, those are the guys Googleers. that did Young Ones, right? Exactly. It's, yeah. it's the entire cast of the Young Ones, plus... I forget the name Peter somebody or other who, who played the drummer. Um, it's actually like I would really recommend watching it um, if you get a chance. It's a totally different thing. Um, it was it was before uh, mm. Spinal Tap. So how about that? So Spinal Tap was based maybe on bad news, but yes, it had uh, yeah 1983. So when was uh, Spinal Tap? 84. Wow, this and Terminator in the same year. Crazy. So, yeah, the band members were Vim Fuego, or or his real name, Alan Metcalf, played by Adrian Edmondson. Den Dennis, the rhythm guitarist, played by Nigel Plain, who was nearly in the young ones. Colin Grigson, played by Rick Mayall on the bass. And Spider Webb, played by Pete Richardson on, on the drums. It it was really good. And they actually toured um and, and did a, a real show with... Uh, Jeff Beck, I think they opened for Maiden. I think they've even had wow. uh, Jimmy Page do something with them. So for us in England, Spinal Tap was kind of like, eh? Aren't you just copying bad news or is bad news copying you? Because, of course, at that time, everything, you know, you waited for VHS releases. So Now, uh, in bad news, were they uh, like a punk band? or were No, they, they were, were a metal like... band. They were a long-haired okay. metal band. I would say uh, bad news is probably... The Iron Maiden to Spinal Tap's Led Zeppelin, nice. maybe, I think. Don't get me wrong, this is Spinal Tap is much funnier as a as I was going to say, you, you think Spinal Tap was spoofing Led Zeppelin? I, I mean, it's spoofing, spoofing lots of, of people, yeah. but spoofing the entire uh, British invasion, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It, it, it is everything put in one. But if you look at the aesthetics of the band of Spinal Tap, they kind of remind me more of like hair metal than the new wave mm. of british metal which is what um yeah. uh kind of bad news was um honestly guys it's a bonus for you after this show seek out bad news i think we'll i do. think even yeah i think they did maybe two two shows but seek it out watch it and i think you'll enjoy it just because they've got real stupid english accents nice. as opposed to the <laughs> fake ones we'll see uh-huh. you and i are i believe the same age and i grew up watching the young ones like Oh, like, dude, yeah, you're going to awesome. love this so much. Because, okay. again, in, in the UK, the Young Ones showed originally and then went off air for like two years, which in the 80s was a lifetime. So this was our way of getting a little bit more Young Ones out because they would always okay. show the Comic Strip Presents shows. Um, they're, they're very famous. There's some really good ones. But nice. Bad News is legendary over here. Yeah, uh, it was them, them and uh, Kids in the Hall. See, that never made it over here, Kids in the Hall. Okay. Yeah. yeah so. um, I love that, just that improv comedy. And then right. SCTV and all that stuff. Like, we had Second City, which a lot of these guys kind of intermingled with. 
Is that like a the school in Chicago? That yeah, it's does like all an improv? improv school in, yeah. in Chicago. That's where all the Saturday Night Live people come from. Yes. And, well, yeah. the groundlings. The non-Canadian ones. The Canadian ones yeah, come from SCTV. and I yes. don't know where they come from now. Do we still import Canadian comedians or are we done with that? We should. <laughs> They're damn funny. Well, we know Mike, Wy- M- Mike Myers was definitely influenced by this. So. Mm. Spinal Tap. Spinal, Spinal Tap. tap. Spinal so tap. Musically, I'm going to go out on a limb, and I know this isn't our normal format, but this movie is not our normal format movie, so whatever. Musically, the Spinal Tap guys, they look like Quiet Riot to me. Like, I'm not a big 80s metal guy, but they don't look hard enough and they to be like the real heavy stuff, and they don't look like femme enough to be the late 80s stuff that would come later. So my brain says they're Black Sabbath, had a baby yes. with Led Zeppelin. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and I, I'm sort of Led Zeppelin meets status quo, especially when you look at the, the sort of found footage they have of their early shows. Yeah. That is very similar to how status quo looked when they went on, like, uh, Top of the Pops doing um, Pictures of Matchstick Men, which is like a hippy-dippy song they did, versus kind of their heavier rock stuff they did after that so i'm getting you know if i was going to do a wine tasting here i'm getting (laughs) shades of led zeppelin Uh, i'm I'm getting a long finish from status quo i'm getting a pepper of thin lizzy you know all the classic british bands rolled into one from the kind of 70s to 79 i'm gonna say but they also touched on the big ones like there's a lot of footage of the stones and and even the beatles with that that uh, yeah that background Mm-hmm. You know, yes. Beatles set up and, on the and, and, and yeah, I mean, their, their peace love song was very like Floyd meets the Beatles, right? That was. Right. But again, if you watch, um, if you watch the, the the pictures of Matchstick Men by Status Quo, and and then where they went after that, it's it's almost dead on. Like they were like, let's be hippies. No, now we're rockers. So mm. again, At, Spinal Tap, so good. And the hierarchy of the band, like I was even getting a John Lennon, uh, Paul McCartney feel with the the you know the battle between yeah. the two and then the the wife quote the, unquote the um yeah. the Yoko Ono character Yoko Ono yeah <laughs> so i mean they were really touching on a lot of that stuff and my son's sitting there and i'm like he's like what is this and i explained it to him I'm like you wouldn't like it you wouldn't get any of this <laughs> no. at all it's way out of your league uh no, maybe one uh... day that that is very true. I, I'd forgotten about the wife. So uh, I watched the whole film except the last ten minutes about a month oh, ago, and I went George. to watch. Well, I went to watch the last ten minutes today, <laughs> and it, it has been erased from my DVR because it was a time limited program. So I was like, well, I'm not paying for this stuff. Luckily, I've got an absolutely uh, cast iron memory on this film. I've seen mm. it so many times. Yeah, um, I have a funny story about the last ten minutes of this movie. <laughs> okay. Oh no! Because <laughs> oh no! Well, no, it, it's not. It's not. Uh, it's not bad. Um, although I was having trouble staying awake, not because the movie wasn't great, but because I was just dead yesterday for some reason. And I'm watching the movie, and I'm like, and I pause it, and I'm, and I'm, I want to know like how much time is left because I'm kind of dozing off, and I don't want to do that, right? So I was like, maybe I'll just stop it and watch the rest like tomorrow morning or whatever. There was only ten minutes left, so I was like, all right. So I'm going to grab this bag of pretzels. These pretzels are going to keep me awake. I'm going to like make it to the end, blah, 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 blah. And I wake up to my wife grabbing the open bag of pretzels and closing it. And I like look up at the TV and I'm like, fuck. 
<laughs> I fell asleep with an open Are you sure about that 10 minutes? My lap. <laughs> and then she's like, it's okay. Because it was only like 11 o'clock and I never fall asleep that early. Um, so she's like, that's okay. You, you could just watch the rest of it uh, at 4 a.m. when you wake up. Because mm. that's what time I would wake up right. if I fell asleep at 11. Really? Um, See, I, I yeah. fall asleep at 11 most nights and I, I, I'm straight through to 8 o'clock the next morning. Welcome to middle nice. age. <laughs> this is now I th- there's a there's a meme out there that, sh- that shows like, you know, it's like, a you know, this kind of person's bed and they sleep in this position and this kind of person they sleep in this position. And it's like an, a, a musician and like there's just nobody in the bed. Right. That's me. That creative, just, creative people in I general just never go to bed. Like <laughs> my son's to me. He's like, do you ever sleep? I'm like. No, I don't because yeah. there's too much to do, and I'm thinking all the time. And it, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I just never, I never go to. I I rarely ever actually hit my bed. <laughs> See, I, I sometimes I'll I'll sleep for four hours on the couch, and then I'll be like, yeah, I'm I'm good to go. And I get up and I do music projects. Uh, and I do how old whatever. are you? Thirty four. Wow, to be that young and and full mm. of energy. I remember those days. Yeah, I used to get up I at mean... six in the morning and go for a five mile run. I now get up at seven in the morning and drag my sorry ass around a half hour walk with the dog, and then it's like I need four cups of coffee now. That's that's me done for the day. Yeah, at at forty seven, I'm basically Shaun of the Dead waking up in the morning. Exactly, you know, that. Just hobbling in the kitchen, <laughs> yawning. You know. I yeah. mean that that does happen to me, but it's usually after an entire week of sleeping for four hours a night. Yeah, weekends. You know, I'll end up like that, and then yeah, some coffee and recover. And well, again. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I, so I'm going to tell you something before we get back to the film because well, this is about the film. When I first saw the film as a Brit, I was absolutely astounded at the accents. I've seen Americans do English accents before and David St. Hubbins and Nigel Tufnell are absolutely spot on with their accents, as is Derek Smalls, I'm just going to add. But But he doesn't talk that much. He doesn't talk that much. And like we didn't know who he was at the time, but obviously Harry Shearer is an absolute genius genius when it comes to voice. But of course, when I saw Spinal Tap, which first time I saw it was probably about 87. uh, No, actually, I'll tell a lie. Probably about 90, 91 when I first saw it. Uh, there was like the Simpsons was not really here unless you had cable or, or satellite. And I had no idea who Harry Shearer was. So I, I fell in love with him in this film. Like literally I was like, this is one of the funniest guys I've ever seen. So yes, all of them brilliant accents. And it's not easy to do a convincing English accent as, as Brian Wampler will, will <laughs> testify to if you've ever heard him try to do well, it. And as our yeah. regular listeners can attest, it is very difficult for these three Americans to ever do a British accent. <laughs> yeah, no. I, we, my, we still try, though. My issue is I'm like, I'm like Dana Carvey. I don't do the impression. I don't mimic. I usually borrow someone else's version of that, and then yeah. I mimic that. So it's always right. like an exaggeration. Right. But see, th- theirs was absolutely... Perfect. Yeah, and it, it, it was perfect to uh, the kind of people who grew up on the outskirts of london so the home counties as we call them over here their accent was spot on and that's where the likes of jeff beck and uh you know jimmy page kind of all came from Mm. just outside of london and they got that accent so so perfectly i i found it very difficult to actually believe originally that they weren't english i was like absolutely gobsmacked by it dude i have no i have no idea who any of these actors are okay well christopher i didn't 
I thought they were all British. So Christopher Guest. Uh, they they basically wrote it as they went along, and they had a script, but they also improved a lot of it. Yeah, they were so good at it that he actually did an interview many times as Nigel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's like they would just show up as these guys. Yeah, mm-hmm. they were so like I think he he showed up on like National Geographic on an episode. They were talking about Stonehenge, mm-hmm. and they were interviewing <laughs> Nigel about Stonehenge, <laughs> and he was. <laughs> And he had the mullet and everything. Like it was, and we're talking like 15, 20 years after this came out. Yeah. So, yeah. And they're still doing it. They could go today. They could show up on Jimmy Kimmel <laughs> as Spinal Tap, and they would all play off of each other because they did like weeks and weeks and weeks of just situational improv to yeah. where when they're doing the movie and they recall memories, they actually have those memories. Right. You know, how did you meet? They created the situation when they met, so then yep. they knew to refer to it, and they all had the same experience, so mm-hmm. they could all refer to it at that time. Like, when they're singing, they're riffing, they're like, what's the first song you guys ever wrote? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like I'm watching, I'm like, yeah. this is so freaking amazing. Like, oh, yeah, something like that. And, oh, yeah. And again, right, let me just tell you, go check out somewhere Robert Plant is talking about the first song that him and Jimmy Page wrote together. It's right. basically sitting there by the railroad track, waiting for my babe <laughs> to come back. It's literally the same song <laughs> with wow. just slightly... So they got it so spot on. And like I say, I, I'm pretty sure that David St. Hubbins is based look-wise on, um, on Robert Plant. Plant and yeah. Ni- yeah. Nigel, Nigel Tufnell is basically Jeff Beck. <laughs> just yeah. like He could be Jeff Beck's slightly... Uh, Worst looking brother, I guess. I don't know. Depends which way you go. Um, yeah, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant characterizations. And what's funny is Michael McKean, I only knew him when I was growing up. I only knew him from Laverne and Shirley. He played Lenny on Laverne and Shirley. And then he was a cast member on Saturday Night Live, as I think Harry Which Shearer character was, was he in Spinal Tap? He was uh, David. He was the main singer. Yes, singer. Davidson okay. Hubbins. Oh, okay. Uh, so... I didn't know his talent. I just knew that he was yeah Lenny. Yeah, Lenny and Swiggy. That's like that's I've right. never seen Laverne and Shirley. I've only heard okay. it referenced in TV shows. Oh man, it's been a long time so since I've seen like, that. But I know who you're talking about. Right. Yeah. And I, now I'm curious how much of that show is improved. Because yeah. I'm sure I'm sure all those people. I mean, Laverne is is related to you know Gary Marshall, who's an amazing. You know, icon, and then Rob Reiner. That they're all in the same circle. He's the director of this movie. He was the fake mockumentary. He was the documentary guy. Yeah, the meathead from okay. uh, TV. So it's 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 such a even freaking Billy Crystal shows up in this movie. Oh, and he's we'll, in it we'll for like talk three seconds, he, and and he's <laughs> brilliant in it. That's the thing. <laughs> and so, some of the cameos in this are great. Uh, and one of my favorite English actors makes a great cameo for for an extended period. But. Um, I gotta say this as well, and I hope I'm not ruining anything here for you, George. But when Christopher Guest uh, appeared in um, Better Call Saul, I think it's Christopher Guest, isn't it? I always get the two confused. Um, okay. I was like, "Wow, he's such a great actor!" Because it's a mm. completely different. Uh, it's like I've never seen him do serious, and you know, he's an older guy. He's playing an older lawyer. He was brilliant in it. Um, I just double yeah, he's, he's a national treasure. Guy. Okay, see over here again, we never really knew who he was up until Spinal Tap. Well, he's uh, last week we talked about character actors. Like he, Okay. He's, he's like the 
if if I were making a movie and I was making a sorry, I got shit the wrong ton of movies, I would make sure he was in it. Multiple it wasn't times. Uh, Baron Hayden Guest, as he's really named. It's the other one who played David St. Hubbins. Um, Michael McKean. Michael McKean. McKean. For some reason, I always think that they're, they're the wrong way. So Michael McKean's in um, Better Call Saul, and he's brilliant in it. And I knew it's him as Mr. Green in Clue. And so yes. to see him in this, uh, yes. in a complete opposite. Yes. I mean, he's just... And, Heck of a singer. I'm not going to lie. He yep. Oh, do, uh, we, again. He sounds if more I was like blown uh, away. when he sings like the vocals in the band remind me so much of Kiss. And I'm yes. not a huge Kiss fan, but like that's musically where I where I'm at when I'm hearing them singing. For sure. And, and look, if I was blown away by their accents, their musicianship as like a young cuz I I got into them when I was into the guitar first, you know, like 15, 16. I was like What's really, really upsetting me now is these guys are taking the piss and they're better at playing their instruments than I probably ever will be. <laughs> they're actually really good at it, right? Yeah, the gimmick is one thing, but they're actually really talented. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's where the, the kind of thing with bad news probably changes because they're not so talented at it. It's more noise <laughs> with them. Whereas with Spinal Tap, I mean, one of the first songs I ever taught myself when I was kind of like learning how to... Uh, transcribe other people's music was Big Bottom. It is one of the greatest uh, <laughs> bass lines of all time. Well, I mean, in, in which bass line did you pick? Because all three of them are playing bass on that song. <laughs> I, I, I basically picked the uh, the amalgamation, shall we say. I did my own own version of it. Um, but yeah, what a great what a great concept. Three bass players. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just a musician's joke right there, isn't it? It's like no one's ever gonna do this. But they did. Uh but I digress, as always. I did find a a one liner in this movie that I'm probably gonna say probably badly now, forever. Go ahead. With the accent. Is this a joke? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's scene I mean when I mean look at this in here there's a little guy and in here there's nobody there's nobody this is a joke such a brilliant and so well done and what am I supposed yes. to do with this bread look if I fold it and I keep folding it it just breaks up and what have I yeah. got broken I wrote, I wrote down the, sa the sandwich scene designing Stonehenge and the limo those yeah. I I laughed so friggin' hard when when Christopher Guest rolled that window up on the limo driver when he's talking about Sinatra. You know what they should I call it? Like, they should call it "Yes, I can" if Frank Sinatra says I can. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking limeys. Like, he's doing so many great things. Like that scene when he's doing doing the Stonehenge, and uh, David's showing his wife slash girlfriend's uh, drawings, yeah. drawings, and uh, <laughs> Guest's face. <laughs> Like, <laughs> after about five minutes of the double takes, and then he finds like, is this a joke? <laughs> like I was just like, in, oh my in, god, it's so good. In the pub where I drank uh, around this time, um, because at sixteen it's kind of normal to go to a pub in Britain. Uh, again, it was a biker pub, so metal was a massive thing. Just we would always go when you've lived and loved like Frank has, then and then mm. that would just like be our key phrase because <laughs> that limo driver he has such a small role but it's yeah. so key so well done he's another character actor that pops up everywhere he's in right at sally and all kinds yeah. of different things oh man fred so, so many things fred friggin willard who george has no idea who yeah he i don't is. know who he is he when they go to the air force base yep the guy that meets them oh i do uh, know who he is <laughs> i've seen him before oh my god i was i, I literally the whole movie's going oh my god it's 
this guy or what that guy. What have I seen him in before? Uh, he's on Modern Family. He plays Phil Dunphy's dad. That's it. And then that's where I, yes, he was oh, in see, Best in I Show. I knew exactly every. who you meant. Oh, brilliant. He's in every movie that's like this. I love Phil Dunphy's he's dad like as well. He's like the Bill. Uh, he's like a what do you call it? He's like uh, Bruce Campbell to Sam Raimi to these guys. Like anytime they make yeah. a movie, they put Fred Willard in there somewhere. Right. I'm he's trying to so think where I've seen character. him. I think it was in a TV show. Yes, actually. Well, and when we finished the movie last night, my wife had never seen it, and she's you know laughing her butt off the whole time. Uh, she especially loved the barbershop Raga joke, like. <laughs> She was yeah. still laughing two <laughs> minutes later at that, and the movie had moved on, and she hadn't. Uh, but anyway, uh, we finished the movie, and like I said, that, I said, you know, I was going to tell her ahead of time that Spinal Tap is essentially another movie she's familiar with, but I didn't want to ruin it for her, so we watched the movie, and I say, so you see, it's exactly that other movie, and she's like, wait, what? And I said, it's, it's best in show, but with guitars. Mm-hmm. And she's yeah. like, oh my God, it's best in show, but with guitars. <laughs> but best in yep. show uh yep. christopher guest did after so really best in show is spinal tap but with dogs yep yeah and i th- i don't think um like eugene levy and all those guys were around in the days of spinal tap with like t- they did improv together through sctv and and all that but they second city is what it's called yeah but they um i don't think they collaborated on anything back then I can't remember the first movie they did together, but now that they're constantly doing stuff together, which they should, because it's the same humor. But that's why. What's the movie, what's the TV show? Um, uh, Shit's Creek. Like I don't know if you've ever seen that, uh, Richard. Schitt's I haven't Creek. yet. It's on. It's on the list of things people say is brilliant, and I should watch yeah. it. I haven't got around to it yet. It's basically rich elite people that end up living in uh, East Bumblefuck uh, backwoods. Like in a motel, like where Dan used to live, yeah. <laughs> and it's just watch watching the shenanigans ensue. Basically, yeah. it's it's a fish out of water, but done in this style. Okay, I'm gonna give it a watch. I, I think I did start watching the first episode, but I'm gonna go back to ca- cameos very very quickly because one of my favorite actors, as I said, is in it, which is um, Patrick McNee who was okay. in a uh, TV show called The Avengers over here, which became a horrible film. In the late nineties, early noughties, I, I remember think. that. Yeah, the oh, he played the, the producer, right? The horrifying the, the main... movie. He, he plays the Hog, head of uh, Sir Wernham Hogg. That's it, the oh, head yeah. of uh, the record company. Yes. Um, and and it's a very brief cameo, and he just you know let's tap into America is his big line, right. but he does it so well. But he's such I love him. Just seeing him brings me joy. I don't know why the Avengers again. If you ever want to like nerd out on an old British TV, check yeah. out the Avengers. It's it like was a spy spy show, but yeah, it's it, like he, a spy show crossed with Doctor Who basically with Christopher Lee. Overshadowed though, because Fran Drescher friggin' I was not expecting that at all. <laughs> Like, so is that the person who plays um Bobby Fleck? Bobby yes. Fleckman. Yeah. Fleckman. Uh, yeah. Like the uh eating yeah. up the screen. Paul yeah. Nicholson. Brilliant. And and I was like and then now you understand like when you see that now you see why they gave her her own show and then you see like she and apparently uh she did play that character on The Nanny one time too. So it, that character popped up again. Okay, see, again, I've never seen her in anything other than this. Was she so the one trying to explain why the album cover the album wasn't cover gonna? Sucked, yeah, yeah. But she was. Uh, she was in Cadillac Man. Like she in the '90s, she was really big 
uh, almost like a Sandra Bullock comedic kind of thing where she was marketable because she was, you know, she wasn't, she was nice to look at. Sure. And she was funny. She had good comedic timing, but yeah. she could also do drama. So. Well, and she's uh, in yeah, UHF, she which is the best yes. movie ever made. So. <laughs> well, anything with Weird Al. I mean, really. I mean, I haven't seen UHF. What? Oh, dude. So I think <laughs> I, I love Weird Al though. So I think I'm gonna have to watch it. It's it. That is a fantastic movie. I don't know if it's a good movie, but it's a great movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm gonna. I like I like Weird Al. So that's a recommendation right there. I think I saw Dana Carvey in this movie as well. If you did, did I, you? I, he's not in the credits. I, I did not see him listed. I think he was one of the mimes. I was going to say, I think he is one of the mimes. I seem to remember. I mean, Billy Crystal's about... the mime that's talking. Mm-hmm. Come on, but... come on. Mime is money. Let's go. <laughs> mime, is money. <laughs> mime is money is such a good line. Uh, but yeah, I, I believe I saw him, but I I guess I could look it up. And uh, I am looking it up. I think you're okay. right. I think he was one of the guys in Spinal Tap. Hmm. Uh, and I think I saw Brink that? Stevens, who's also uncredited, but she's like that. We we've covered Linnea Quigley a few times on our show, uh, Scream Queen from the '80s, and Brink Stevens is one of them. And she, I think she was at the party too. So I was, I just kept seeing these faces. Oh yeah, mime waiter like, Dana Carvey, son of a bitch. Is this before Halloween too? This is after. So he's okay, already right. had his Halloween two had... moment. I've just had my mind completely blown now by looking at the cast because, of course, I haven't looked at the cast of this film uh, since 1990 when I I didn't know very much. Right. I've just realised that Artie Fufkin was played by Sh- Paul Schaefer. Paul Schaefer. Yeah. Oh yeah, no that I, one. Yeah, he's in the credits. <laughs> I, I saw him. I there. laughed so hard when he said his name the first time because it's it sounds like he's saying fucking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See. When this came out and I saw this, I wouldn't have known who Paul Schaefer was because, right. again, we don't get Letterman over here or if we do, it's on a weird cable channel or it was. Uh, I, I now know who he is because he's a great musician and he's a massive fan of funk music. So right. I kind of caught up with him later on in life. I had no idea that was who played Artie Fufkin, who is, again, so well played. Yeah. So great well played. timing. And I don't know if it's... I don't know how many years he worked with Letterman before he did this, but he had perfect comedic timing for a musician that does like the intros and, and exits on a on a late night show yeah absolutely like, he he definitely either had coaching or he's a natural but yeah and he wasn't wearing his like trademark glasses so you you hear his voice you know who it is so, uh, <sighs> that's just blown my mind and and that's <laughs> that is how brilliant this film is is after you know 30 years of knowing it some minor fact can make me go huh i never realized that yeah, and I think uh, Angelica Houston's in this movie too, which she's like a well-known, like serious actress. Mm-hmm. I know who Angelica is. Yeah, yeah. Your ge- your generation knows her. She played Morticia Adams in the That's Adams it. Family. John okay. Houston's daughter as well. Yeah, but she was like, you know, I think not. Is it Pritzi's Honor? Like all these like Oscar yes. award-winning movies. She was with Nicholson. Like she was. She's a heavy hitter actress. Right. And she plays a bit part in this movie. Like there's just so many yeah favors being done. Uh. And in the end, you're watching these three guys. You're right. She is in it. And it's like, holy shit. Like, all these stars around them, but they're the stars in the movie, and they're killing it. And it's improv. And they're playing it straight. Yeah. Like, if you didn't know they were all comedians, you would watch this movie thinking it's a documentary about a band that just sucks. (laughs) Yeah. 
but they kind of rock. And they're really like, not that bad. Their music is great. It's just they're music. they're out of time. Yeah. They suck. Their t- they suck time has people. moved on without them. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. Time yeah. moved on, and they didn't know it. Nobody nobody told them. Yeah. And and the fact that they it was are... just a two word review shit sandwich <laughs> shit sandwich <laughs> where did they they didn't write that where did they you write can't that print, can't that. print that yeah they can't print that <laughs> uh, brilliant it's so yeah. well done guys have, have any of you ever heard of the ruttles the ruttles what is the ruttles so whilst um whilst uh Rob Reiner is is going to take credit for being the first popular rockumentary I would say the actual first one is something called The Ruttles, which was based off a spin-off or, or, or a kind of end show from uh, Monty Python called Rutland Weekend Television, which okay. was created by Eric Idle. And The Ruttles is a mockumentary about a band from Liverpool called The Ruttles. I'm sure you can figure out who they were who supposed who to be. Who they're spoofing. Yeah. And it is, <laughs> uh, it is better than Spinal Tap musically because it has a Neil nice. Innes playing uh, Paul McCartney. Uh, no, playing George Harrison. No, John Lennon. Sorry, I was trying to figure mm. out which character he was. And he's actually a proper real musician and, and, and the songs are fantastic. So my homework for you guys, if you can find it, find The Ruttles. Uh, and watch that. That is almost as good, and in some ways better than Spinal up. Tap. Now I know you guys are like chomping at the bit to talk about guitars, but I want to. <laughs> I want to continue to talk about the acting first, uh, the improv. Sure. Jen asked me why I was laughing at one of the scenes. Oh my she god! Said, why are you? It was. It was a serious scene. It was like it was nothing going on. They were just playing a song on the stage, and I'm laughing. I realized. Christopher Guest is such a friggin' genius that he's playing the guitar. He starts strumming the other guitar with his foot. Right? <laughs> yeah. Sounds like shit. Yeah. Then he picks up the violin. The violin yeah. kills me. Strum- <laughs> the violin killed me, but then he tuned the, it. The genius was tuning it. Yeah. I was like, what? But, but it wasn't <laughs> just the tuning. It was the way he was nodding his head, like, yes, yes, yes you know what's coming here. <laughs> It was so well done. Oh my god! I I it brought me back to doing improv because we used to do improv. There's like four of us that every time we were done, we would be pissed that we didn't record it. We're like, we just did an hour worth of shit that the guy, the teacher, gives us one situation. We already he tells us who we are. Here's the situation. We just went, and it was that kind of stuff where all we wanted to do was break each other. So if one <laughs> yeah. of us laughed then the other one basically won. Yeah. And shit like that would happen all the time. Like, I'm going to play this violin, but I'm going to tune it. Right. Like, when you pick up on those little things. It's a different level, Oh, my God. It is a different level. It's so good. And again, again, this is why the comparisons to Led Zeppelin, because not only have you got the larger-than-life manager in in, in Ian Faith, I think that was his name, uh, (laughs) you've also got the violin, because, of course, on the song remains the same, which is the worst rock uh, concert video ever, but it was Led Zeppelin, so it sold a, a million trillion copies. You've got Jimmy Page playing a guitar with a violin bow, and everyone's like, this is yeah. so far out, man. And as a guitarist, I was like, this is shit. What the hell is he doing here? <laughs> uh, and of so course, he is, Jimi Hendrix? <laughs> yeah, right. yeah and, exactly. And, and their manager, uh, Ian Faith, uh, is it Ian Faith? I think it is. I may have got that wrong. Tony Faith, that's it. Surely, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I'll look it up. Anyhow, definitely based on Peter Grant, who was a bigger guy who would literally just go and bully other 
people into booking Led Zeppelin. How about that? David Gilmore played, uh, did backing vocals for Spinal Tap in uh, when they did an Amnesty International performance in 1991. I, I, I just can't That's love amazing. Gilmore anymore. I just can't love him anymore than that. <laughs> well, and, you know, That's we true. talked about the Beatles connection with that dynamic between the two kind of personalities running the band, but that same thing pops up in Pink Floyd. Uh, yeah. The band. Oh, yeah. my God. Uh, this movie, guys, have you ever seen The Last Waltz? Because if you've seen The Last Waltz, which is name-checked in this movie, uh, the structure of this movie is very similar at times. Uh, the interview segments, like the non-sequitur cut to a backstage interview with Harry Shearer, uh, mm. those feel like they were from the cutting room floor of The Last Waltz. I haven't seen The Last Waltz. Actually. Oh, my goodness. Guys, forget UHF. That drops down the list. Uh, let's okay. all watch The Last Waltz together for the next two and a half hours. It's not quite that long. <laughs> but the story behind The Last Waltz, for those who aren't familiar, uh, the band, the famous band called The Band from the 70s, were yeah. about to break up. And so they did one last concert. And it was like a Thanksgiving dinner and a concert. And it was like a three-hour blowout with Eric Clapton and Muddy Waters and Bob Dylan and all these people showing up to support Neil Diamond shows up at some point, I think. Ugh. Uh, anyway, uh, they do a big final blowout. They do all their best songs, and they make it a movie directed by Martin Scorsese. And when the movie comes out, a lot of controversy we'll talk about probably if we ever watch that for the show, but they do these non-sequitur backstage interviews where the guys are only like semi-interested in talking to the crew, and so it's kind of awkward, and they're trying to be like philosophical, but at the same time you can tell they just don't want to talk to the film crew. It's Mm. It's mm. this. It's Spinal Tap, but it's for real yeah. and it's straight faced, and the movie is is wild. I think that's the best part of this movie is that it's it's ta- it it takes its it all they everybody in it is taking it seriously, even though the the it's a satire and all that stuff. Yeah. Like it, they are playing it straight. right. That and straight. and that's how you do a good satire. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. there's no nodding to the audience and giving a sly wink. It's all. Right totally straight don't even look at that one no don't even look at that one it's so straight it's so well done and i guess i think that's why rob reiner gets my respect for this because yes he must have been corpsing all over the place with this <laughs> and it kind of it almost tells me that the farley brothers might have been in, influenced by this kind of because even though they they make satirical type movies they're not mockumentaries but they have the same comedic timing like when you watch airplane Right, yeah, yeah. It has that, that one-liner kind of feel, that comedic feel, that improv feel. Yeah. But it's not... The only thing that would make it like this is if Airplane, they would pull the pilots aside and talk to them off camera. But, like, yeah. you're you're involved. But it's the same kind of humor. So I, I did just double-check out the Ruttles, though. It was 1978, so it definitely went before this. But check out some of the cast on the Ruttles. Okay. All You Need Is Cash. Dan Aykroyd, Bill Murray, oh, Ronnie wow. Wood, uh, George Harrison, uh, Michael Palin and Eric Idle, Bianca Jaggi, jo- John Belushi. Oh, oh uh, my God. You guys have got to watch it. Yeah. You guys have got to find it. Uh, we found that It's week's hard episode. to find. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's a TV movie, so I'm not sure it uh, counts. And it's honestly, it does, Spinal Tap beats it overall as a movie, whereas The Ruttles has more kind of 
jaw-dropping bits like where you got Mick Jagger saying how the Ruttles were definitely a massive influence on the Stones mm. and stuff like that. So it's a different angle, but you you guys are going to love it. But I think, you know, I think we over here in Britain, we've got a massive tradition of televised satire. You know, obviously right. Python yeah. was yeah. basically just like surreal satire. And I think that was taken by the kind of Saturday Night Live crew and very much became what they looked up to. And you can just see its influence in these films and films like this. And it's brilliant. It's lovely mm -hmm. to see how it's kind of been taken across the pond, as it were, and redistributed in a completely different format. But the, the, the same like qualities are definitely present in both. Well, I think uh, as, as a... I don't want to keep saying as an actor, but you need to say you, actor or thespian as, as, as a thespian. <laughs> no, as a, as improv, the way it works, like you look at Saturday Night Live and those guys, Belushi, Aykroyd, all the way up to Mike Myers, I think was the last group that could, that developed characters so well that they could insert them anywhere. Like you could take Wayne and Garth and put them uh, in medieval times, and I would watch that yeah. movie. Like yeah. wherever you put them, they're established and they're well uh, fleshed out. Same thing with like Belushi and Aykroyd. They could they took Blues Brothers on the road, real life concerts. Like right. they played those guys yeah. on stage. They were not John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. Today, the guys on SNL, I don't think the characters they're more little snippets. I don't think they're fleshed out enough to where. Because you can see the difference when you make a movie now with those characters, it just kind of seems like situational, and they're kind of it just doesn't seem like a fleshed out character. It seems like you can do situations with them, but after a while it gets old, yeah, and you're just like, eh. But I think probably Mike Myers was the last guy out of that that group that could do it. Yeah, and I I kind of feel the same way, but then I I also. Uh, want to re refrain from being like the grumpy old man that is like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's never as good as it used to be. You guys right. don't know. But, well, but I, I feel the same way. It's true. Like, no, I think we're between waves right now because I was thinking this the other day because I was thinking all of the like British comedians who I think of as like the next new wave of young talent, they've kind of been around for like 10, 15 years now. And I'm like, well, right. where is the next new wave? And I think we're between it. I mean, I'd probably say Will Ferrell is, he, he yeah. probably counts as a Saturday Night Liver, right? Yes, and, he does. And, and he's probably the last great thing that I can remember coming out of that show and like somebody who just everything he does, even if it's like one of his worst movies, he can still make me laugh just by looking yes. at me, you know? But That's... I don't think any of his characters from Saturday what I'm saying is the characters from Saturday Night Live. Was Ron Burgundy not a Saturday Night Live? No, no, oh, no okay. he was not. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. I just no, assumed it was. He would have been. He would have been great. It would have been, yeah. It would have been yeah. great. would have been fine. Uh, probably every week it would have killed. Yep. If you could get me a feature-length movie uh, starring Bill Hader as Stefan, I would watch that movie. Oh, I would go God. to the premiere of that movie. It would be amazing. Or if my you wife give me loves uh, Kate yeah. McKinnon playing the uh, the alien abductee, give me a full-length movie <laughs> in her her world. She's a genius. I'm in. I love her. I'm in. I'm going to yeah. be looking up all of these sketches because I need more comedy in my life. Yeah. But I think sketch comedy in general has changed. Uh, yeah, to where it's more it's more uh, impactful. Like initial, like it has. It's almost like that moment. It's yeah. not something that kind of sits and marinates, and you know, a, a weekly thing where you're like watching this story 
unfold. Yeah. It's more or less, let's make them laugh now. It might suck next week, but let's do this now. Yeah, and, and think- uh, no, you're you're spot on. Uh, look, we've just got too much now as well. Like when you and I, Travis, grew up, I can't speak so much for the youngsters amongst right. us. <laughs> uh, but like, th- there weren't so many shows, so you you stuck to the ones you loved and you really loved them. But now there's so much coming out on yeah. every different channel. It's impossible to keep up with it all, and stuff falls between the cracks, and 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 you don't necessarily see it, and you don't necessarily kind of support it in the same way you did back then. You know, right. you, we mentioned the young ones earlier. The young ones was massive. Like, as as a kid, if you didn't like the young ones, you weren't going to be a friend of mine. It was that <laughs> simple. You know, same with Python as a, a kind of slightly older prepubescent boy if you didn't like python if you didn't laugh at the black knight scene in the holy grail you would have been out of my house straight away <laughs> can't trust like, that sorry person. yeah exactly he probably kills animals when you're not watching so. yeah <laughs> uh-huh see i was the oddball i was always like uh, what you don't like life of brian because that was like <laughs> well, the first one i ever saw and uh, that was like my introduction well actually my to introduction that. to python's films was um the meaning of life okay. which I was 12, uh, and I'm, that's quite a challenging film for a 12-year-old to find funny, but but yeah. I did. I found it funny, and actually, as I've got older, it's got better. But See, I look, was brought up on Mel, Mel, Mel Gibson. Mel Brooks. So Mel Brooks was like my Monty Python. Yeah. Right, and and he yeah. wasn't as big over here, even though you know we, we definitely got, um, and, and The Producers is one of my favorite uh, mm. things of all time, but um, the, the live stage show of it is amazing. But... Uh, yeah, Spinal Tap. George, we need more George Spinal Tap views. I mean, I I watched it, and, uh, like, I say within the first, you know, th- actually, during the DVD menu, <laughs> I, I knew it, this was going to be silly, right? Right, And it wasn't what I expected. I, I, there, was, there was literally, like, no plot to it. You know what I mean? Um, there was no you know challenge to get over or whatever it really just was watching this band tour the united states and that's it and there was some right. drama and there was some this or that there but was some exploding was, dramas you and, know there, there was a girlfriend but yeah you're right there's there's nothing to the film yeah and and I, sure I didn't nothing i didn't expect that that there would literally be just no plot right you'd just be watching and observing these characters it kind of it's their fault not, not like they they subtly do like when that wife girlfriend shows up. Oh yeah, you know it's over at You're the like, moment. Yeah, very moment you see his demeanor change. Like oh here she is. Yeah, like, the woman the woman <laughs> that stole so my best funny. friend from me. Yeah. And it's yeah. like that's the plot. It's it's when you grow up watching Seinfeld, it's just a show about nothing. So so that's what this is. A yes. movie about nothing. And I'm not. I'm, it's not a dig at <laughs> all. I I loved it because of all the reasons right. that we we just talked about. But I knew while I was watching, I popped the DVD in, and the menu is just it's black. Mm. It's just a black screen, and the guys <laughs> it get and the guys black. Yeah, the guys are going. It's like oh, this is it. It's just it's just gonna be black. It's like oh, it's a nice. It's like a pastel black. And it's like I'm like oh my god, it looks this like is, leather. This is <laughs> like this leather. is gonna be a silly movie. Yeah. So anyways. I press play and I was not disappointed. Uh, some of my favorite, uh, you know, uh, my favorite sticks throughout the movie was the drummer. Yes. Like, oh yeah. They, that, they can't, talk about they that can't keep a drummer. Yeah. Oh my God. It was so Tragic funny. accidents. And like, dude, I was, I was waiting for the yeah, whole movie. He actually drowned, uh, on vomit. Uh, they don't know <laughs> whose vomit wasn't. it was. I mean, can you dust for you vomit? Can't yeah. Dust you can't dust for vomit. vomit. <laughs> 
That was a, a great joke, long running, that I did not. Brilliant. Ex- yeah, I was like, it doesn't get old. And then at the end, each drummer just keeps poofing. Like, well, no, <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. So many, I mean, hundreds of people spontaneously combust right. every year, but nobody talks about it. You know, awesome. <laughs> no one even turned around when that one drummer burst into flames, just gone. And they just, it just goes boom, it cuts to Japan, and it's a different drummer. <laughs> and I think like the first three drummers are all called like Stumpy something. I was like Eric Stumpy Joe, and right. I was like, yeah. But no one ever mentions the keyboard player who has right. one of the best lines ever, which should be a T-shirt. Which is, uh, I think it's doesn't it go have a good time all of the time, all of the time, yeah. And then yeah. just the way he delivers it is just like, yes. You I are could totally off see Belushi face. playing that part. Like, oh, yeah. that should have been yeah. Belushi, shouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. I was looking at him, I'm like, oh man. He is like a, a low rent Belushi, but uh he played it so well. Um <laughs> But yeah, I mean, George, you must have seen like like you say, you must have seen this go, you know, this one goes to eleven a million times on the internet and various other bits. You know, I, I don't I hadn't seen it. Um, but working at a guitar store for, I don't know, the past five years or 10 mm. years or however long I've worked there, um, people say it all the time. Like, yeah, I don't know if you realize it, like most people don't realize it, but like all of these amps, like the controls are either one to 10 or one to 12. Right. Right. <laughs> so, so yes. when people see 12 on a blues junior, you know, like it's just a regular everyday amplifier, they're like, Oh, it goes up to 12. And I'm like, yeah, it goes up to twelve. Like I, you <laughs> know, one. I know that it's the. I, I know that the goes up to eleven joke is, you know, behind. Like I know the joke. I just, you know, I. Yeah. I never saw it though. It I was... never actually watched the the guys deliver the lines, and it was hilarious. It was the same thing with the sandwich, right? Yes. Like yeah. the, Oh my god, that but, scene. The, it's like you know the, the, he's like yeah well you just fold it he's like how can i fold it it's gonna make it smaller it's gonna make it's, it just breaks and it's like no you said the meat he's like he's trying to fold the meat around the sandwich oh my God. he's like so you want bigger bread he's like yeah i just want <laughs> the whole time i'm watching this movie i'm like i want to direct this as a stage play but i want that, to do this as a but stage that, play but that little the small sandwich bit was as funny, if not funnier, probably way funnier than the eleven yes. bit. Yeah, and yeah. I'd never heard that in my life. And, yeah. and and that is the thing about the film. It's actually the bits that people don't. It's one of the most quotable films. But it's actually the bits that people don't quote that are the really funny bits. Yeah, I'm mad and the, I haven't seen this thirty times so I could be quoting the shit out of it. Like there was yeah. a lot of one-liners that I heard, and I want. I was like, do I stop and write it down? Like it's just that that was gold. And there was yeah. just so many of them, but I don't. I have to watch it a few times to to use. Them. I oh, want to watch it again. I um, and I don't usually say that about movies. Right. Like I don't, you, you know. The only one I really picked up on was is this a joke? And I'm going to use that a lot. <laughs> I know <laughs> it. Is this a joke? This I mean, joke. that is a common phrase over yeah. here, right? I will and say that <laughs> all the joke? time. <laughs> Are you fucking with me? Like yeah. it's just that kind of like that delivery. If you do it right, it says so many things. I love it. at the end of this the Stonehenge conversation. The, I think it's the bass player says. So are we going to do Stonehenge? No, we're not going to do. No, we're not going to fucking do Stonehenge. Not going to do fucking Stonehenge. Dude, when that thing came out of the, when that came down on a, on a, on a, what do you call it? What do you call it? A rig. I, yeah. I'm like, oh my God. And then the dancing. Uh, and then the little, little people. Little people. Yeah. And then yeah. he's like, oh my God. 
it got crushed by a dwarf. And it's like, like there's just so many. The trivets are supposed to be thirty foot tall, not thirty inches or whatever the uh, actual what, measurement was. What's funny about the this one goes to eleven. What what are they? What's that phrase where you always remember it differently than it actually? Like oh, the Mandela, Mandela effect. Yeah. I, it, when they delivered all those lines, I was like, oh my God, I've never actually heard it because I've never seen the movie. Yeah. That phrase, that phrasing is different in how so people So well done. It. Yeah, and it is. And But the key about it is not him saying, see, this is, it, it is the bit where he just pauses for it and pauses. goes. Pauses. Yeah, it's just like, but but these go to 11, but, but go this to goes 11. to 11. <laughs> like it's when people so well reenact it for you, they always go, they always like emphasize, and this one goes to 11. No, and it's, it's not like, like that's that. not how he does it. No. The, no. the funny is the pause. Yeah. And and to me, as soon as I saw that, I remembered something about about Mary, which brought me to the Farley Brothers, that uh, six-minute abs yes. scene. In the yes. car. What happens when w- someone makes when a five-minute like, Yeah, abs. what happens when... And he, yeah. And the pause, yeah, he's right. like, no, man. No, man. Six-minute abs. And he's like, step into my office because you're fucking fired. Like, that whole scene revolves around the pause. And yes. if you don't do the pause right, which yes. Yes. obviously Christopher Kez does, yep. that's the scene. And no one ever does that. Yeah. That, it's all in the that, pause. That waiting... No. 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 Six-minute abs. <laughs> what, As what they say, you know, fun? the secret oh. of great comedy, timing. Um, yep. So uh, the other great quote for me as as kids was always like when he does the piano piece and he's like, it's kind of a cross between oh a Mozart and, and Bach type piece. <laughs> uh, what's it called? Lick my love pump. <laughs> like, <laughs> so well delivered again. Suck my love pump. And it was a beautiful song. And it, it was. was ri- it was lovely. <laughs> and he meshed it. He called it a mock. Yeah, it was a Mozart it's kind of a yeah, mock it's a mo- piece. It's a mock. <laughs> what do you call that? Teabag my face. Like that's. It's, it's like what? <laughs> it is unreal. So well done. Um, another oh. of my favourite scenes though is when they get stuck in the alien pods. Oh my god! And, yes, yes. And you've got Derek Smalls trying to get out, and yep. you've got the the tech sort of running on stage with the gaffer tape plugs trying Hitting to make it hammer. happen. Hitting yeah. them with a hammer, yeah. which Everything. brought back. Remember when we watched Scrooge? Yeah, and the the one of my favorite scenes is when he's like, "Would you please hold the goddamn yeah. hammer?" Yeah, that the whole song, <laughs> the guy's hitting the so pod with the hammer, it's, and he comes and, out right oh at the God. end, <laughs> and then he can't get back in because they close. Puts his arm, and he gets trapped in it again. <laughs> it's just again so many rock bands with their stupid stage. I mean, I feel that was a pop at like Iron Maiden and things like that because they were always known for their. Uh, massive um, yeah. stage Eddies, rigs, but oh, so funny. <laughs> I love this film so much. It, it well, is, is a classic for a reason. That's what makes the Stonehenge thing so funny is because they got that ginormous skull in the background. <laughs> yeah, it's right. enormous. It's obnoxious. It's the size of Earth. <laughs> <laughs> and then the stupid Stonehenge comes down. But uh. again, it, it, it's some of the subtle bits, like the way that um, Harry Shearer holds the pipe. When, he, when he's mm-hmm. smoking his pipe, and he's pointing at it like a kind of 70s dude. He's got it so spot on. And when, when he says, we're, you're about to experience our new direction, this is my jazz odyssey, that whole, you know, it's a two-minute scene, and it just has me rolling on the floor yeah. every time. And the bass he plays on it is just like, yes, yes. Yeah. And the guy in the audience was thumbed down. That, yeah. I was like, that's how I felt when I went to see Dave Matthews live. Right. I went to... 
to my wife drug me to a Dave Matthews concert and literally an hour and a half into the concert he was on like song number three. <laughs> wow. Like, mm. like everything was a jam session. There was like multiple like solos by just, a, the violinist. Like I'm just like, okay, I get it. Yeah. You can play the violin and you have no sleeves on your shirt and you got muscles. Great. I don't need to yeah. see you seven yeah, times. Yeah, community has a really great uh <laughs> has a really great character. Actually a couple because it comes around a few times. It's like a recurring joke. Right. But Dave Matthews Band, like if you call yes. him Dave Matthews Band, you're not a fan of Dave Matthews <laughs> okay. Band because if you're a true fan, you just call him Dave. Dave, right. And that... Clear that I'm not. Yeah, and that, that comes around a, a couple of times. In I was a couple different I episodes. Live. There's even There's even a character in Community. I forget his name, but um, he's always shirtless and mm. he's always playing the guitar and he's like always playing yes. hacky sack like the joke is that he's playing yeah. hacky sack 10 years too late right you know but it's it's like my son finally getting on youtube and he's 14 <laughs> <laughs> and he's showing me everything that was funny five years ago yeah and I'm like, yeah. yeah that was great yeah <laughs> i love community the inspector space time um parody yep. is just so well done i love it so yep. much uh i keep but... telling these guys that they need to watch community because uh, because I feel like the character Abed is kind of like Dan in a lot of ways. Um, <laughs> he, he, you know, seeing his whole life through through movies and television, mm. and also all the Batman stuff that goes on, and right, it's just it's it's so good. Yeah, and no, it's a great show. It is yeah. a great show. Um, but it's not Spinal Tap. Oh my God! No, Heavy Metal Parking Lot. Are you guys familiar with Heavy Metal Parking Lot? I am not. No. Nope. Okay, it's getting a prestige release from uh, one of the Vinegar Syndrome folks uh, next month, I think. But it is, I think, available in full on YouTube if you guys want to Google it after. But it is, it's literally like a film crew with like handy cams going into parking lots before 80s heavy metal shows and just yes. interacting with fans. Yes. Uh, if Spinal Tap, the movie, is like a concept proposal... You know, what the world may be like, here it is in fiction. This is the proof that the concept is true. Like, yeah. either <laughs> within the four mm -hmm. years it took for Spinal Tap to permeate or two years to permeate into the masses, everyone started acting like uh, they saw in Spinal Tap, that's possible. More likely, Spinal Tap nails it, and if you want to see real proof of how the fans were at the time, uh, it, that's the whole movie. And so, guys, heavy metal parking lot. Highly recommended. Okay. Very dumb, but kind of wonderful. <laughs> What's not to love or, about that formula? Yeah. But I mean, it's you like, know, not exactly New a New York ninja. Yeah. <laughs> totally worth looking at. Heavy metal parking lot. Check it out. Uh, can we talk a little bit about Metallica, guys? Yes. Are you guys Metallica do we have fans? To? Where do you stand with Metallica, everybody? I love them. Even, uh, even, the, even the new stuff. Um, uh, the newest stuff? No, but the. I, I, they got me with the black album, and then I went back backwards. Let's put it that way. I'm a fan of early Metallica. I uh, the same here. I yeah. I loved uh, Master of Puppets. Master it came Puppets out is... um, when I was 13, when I was getting into thrash and skateboarding, and it was amazing. Mm. Yeah. And I liked the black album because it came out in the 90s when I was in my teenage peak, around the time I saw this film. And that's about as far as it goes. I've never really... I don't disrespect them. I think they're incredibly talented musicians, even Lars. Uh, you know, I think... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'd go that far. 
I, I think the whole band is, is fantastic. What they've done for music. My daughter's learning a load of their songs right now on the guitar, so I'm happy about that. Nice. But I'm just, I'm, I'm just not super into them. I guess... You know, I, I kind of picked my bands out of the big four and just followed those uh, at the mm. time. The reason the reason I bring it up, though, the Black Album comes out substantially, you know, yes. years after None, none <laughs> yeah. More Black. Yep, None More Black. And I think about, like, you know, the concerns at the time from what I, I was. I was a child at the time, but from what I've read, there were concerns at the time that the Black Album was their sellout point, yes. right? Too corporate. Yeah. Too mainstream. And they go with the None More Black <laughs> album cover. Like, yeah, very good point. Yeah. They're having a laugh at us, basically. Well, like, we're going to make a shit ton of money here, but we're going to do it like Spinal Tap. And there's a joke in Spinal Tap, the movie, where they talk about the poor mixing of the previous album or like the base of the previous album. And immediately I'm thinking of Justice for All, where they intentionally mix the bass low and that happens after spinal tap guys is metallica spinal tap yeah (laughs) Yeah, how does that happen i I think it literally is except lars has never exploded or choked on anyone's vomit (laughs) or has he well maybe yeah yeah maybe lars is actually dead and was replaced Mm. by uh by paul mccartney who knows i wish Uh, i did a lars impression i just have to ask you guys have you seen the footage recently when James Hetfield, beloved leader of Metallica, literally my favorite guy in that band, uh, yeah, fell in a hole on the stage. <laughs> Have you seen this video? On and YouTube? carried on playing, right? Well, I think I did. And I, I need to I, check it out. I, I might have talked to on a bicycle. I might have talked to you guys individually off the show about this. I have some serious guitar concerns. About the okay. video that circulates. Because now, anybody out who's never played guitar, anybody out in the world who's not a guitar player, if you have an electric guitar plugged in and turned on, and you so much as flick a string, you get an awful noise. Yes. If yeah. you were to, say, bend over and bump a table with your guitar, you would get an awful racket noise. Mm-hmm. James Hetfield, probably a <laughs> six-foot or taller, probably 180 to 200 pound man, falls in a hole, lands on his guitar, and the music continues. And there's no deafening clang. Is he holding the guitar? He's wearing the guitar and falls on the guitar in a hole in the middle of a song. He's playing the guitar. Well, he's holding a guitar. Right, I know that's the question, but is he... At least mimicking playing. Yes, the he is pantomiming at best, playing uh, Maybe perhaps. Hold the, hold the wires. Here's the or thing: the... Uh, I showed yeah. my kids, and because uh, my kids are my kids, right? They every YouTube video we watch, they try to ascertain whether the people are performing with a backup track, or if it's real music, because they've mm-hmm. grown up in my house, and so mm-hmm. often we discuss like, is this a backing track? Because it sounds really good. Well, I showed them that video, and they, having just played a little bit of guitar as children, they go, why didn't it go boom? Mm. And I said, I don't know. You've raised them well. Why didn't it go boom? I have to see the video, but if he's holding it, I think, I mean, you just... Like holding the neck? 
yeah, just muting the strings would keep it from playing anything. I can't imagine that I'd be able to continue playing whatever riff I was playing as I'm falling. Well, and if you bash your pickups, whether or not the strings are moving, if your pickups hit the side of a stage as you fall in a hole, you're going to get a... Unless, of course, you're, yeah. you're, you're Nigel Tufnell from Spinal Tap, who <laughs> manages to do that sort of crab thing where he's lying on the floor spinning round <laughs> and then can't get up from it. He can't get up, yeah. But the triumphant kind of fist-pumpy face he makes when he finally gets lifted up so is fantastic, good. by the way. Um, no, I'm with you on the Metallica well, thing. And the radio, the radio signal that keeps coming in on their guitar... <laughs> Like it's, it's funny that's the, first the radio time, base, right? But when it comes back, oh my god, <laughs> dead. I was dead. Well, I mean, they are old, so I can almost see. Look, I, I know, them. I, I know for happen. a fact, and I cannot name names here, but I know for a fact of at least one megastar musician who tours live and doesn't play live, but no one cares because they're singing at the same time as playing. Right, it and isn't that's David that's, Gilmore. I'm just going to tell you that. Here's the thing I will tell you. I don't care. And I'm not saying definitively. I'm just what what we say online now. I'm just asking the question, why didn't mm. the guitar go boom? Just asking questions. It's the Mandela effect. We're all living in the uh in the upside down. I'm telling you. It's it's happening <laughs> right now. Speaking of the upside down, you uh did you see the Stranger Things? finale i have not watched any I, of the new seasons. i've only seen the first two episodes okay well the master of puppets makes an appearance uh in the soundtrack so you'll right. be able to hear it does that mean that's also going to go to number one and tire some people will talk <laughs> about it for weeks and say yeah. i've just discovered metallica no mm -hmm. i discovered it first no you can't listen to metallica because i'm 50 <laughs> and you're 30 is that going to happen now i hope so that's it's better possible. than it, uh, yeah. I, that's one of the reasons why I, I like the Black Album. I know it was a sellout album. I know it, it this whole new thing that it could be the Spinal Tap nod, which it's possible. I never looked at it that way because that's the album that made me realize, hey, maybe I should start listening. Because when I was in middle school, the kids that had the Metallica patches and were listening had the Master Puppets t-shirts, they were scary. They were a rough me. bunch. They were a rough bunch, <laughs> and I looked... <laughs> I look like Sean Astin, and these guys look like, uh, you know, they could kill me in two seconds. So I was like, yeah, I'm not listening to that because I, I just, I would feel like a poser. Sure. But, and I didn't feel I was worthy. Now, full disclosure, <laughs> I, I came into Metallica via Reload. Like, that's how far oh, back okay. I so was. that's even after, yeah. And so I worked my way back. And so for me, they were always like short-haired sellout Metallica, and I still like their music. But... Right. You know, I understand there's like that, you know, the the original fans are going to have that break moment at some point, yes. be it Black Album or Load or Reload. But they didn't want to take on new fans. They were like, this is our cult and you can't be part. I'm not saying they ripped off Spinal Tap necessarily, but did Spinal Tap so nail this like inclination yeah. that Metallica just, whether intentionally or unintentionally, just fell right into that trap of like, yeah, right. we'll go fully black on black. No, None more Dan, Dan, I think you're right. I think it's that that Spinal Tap so nailed it yeah. that that's, well, that's yeah. what happened. They were so ahead you, of you can't avoid happened. it. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. right. But that it, it is a little as as to borrow from Daniel Roebuck. It is a little hinky <laughs> that it is a black <laughs> what's, album. What's hinky? What's that mean? The black album, and then they what's that mean? Hinky, hinky. It's it means hinky. It means like 
Yeah, Isn't that where someone makes like a kind of vampire sucky thing on your neck? Or is no, that that's a hickey. hickey. That's a hickey. <laughs> oh, okay. no. hey, we just we just we just watched the fugitive and and hinky. What does hinky, hinky mean? Why is uh, it? Daniel Roebuck uses the word hinky, and Tommy Lee Jones is like, "What? What is that?" He's that? like, "Yeah, you know, it means like you know, kind of weird or oh, whatever." He's like, "Well, why don't you say that?" Because it's hinky. Because it's hinky. <laughs> Question is though: Is did any of you ever own the ACDC album Back in Black on yes. vinyl? Yeah. Of course. Now, no, I have it on, on vinyl. vinyl. I haven't no. listened to it on vinyl. The I vinyl I had, which was from the 80s, was entirely black, except for ACDC being embossed. So when I mm-hmm. saw the black album, I immediately thought about Back in Black. I was like, okay, right. they're having a little bit of a ACDC. And ACDC were kind of known for their sense of humor and stuff. So, right. again, I think Spinal Tap just nailed it nailed so it. well on every level that we can all just look at them and go, ah, yes. That's them. It's not the white album. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dude, I mean, I again, nothing on it. The, nothing yeah. on the whole, the whole <laughs> album cover shenanigans. He's like, oh yes, it's sexual. No, 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 no. it's sexist. Sexist. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, there's nothing sexy. wrong with he being sexy. Sexy. Sexist. Sexy. Yeah. Sexist. <laughs> and then the, when the other bit was like, oh, the difference is they're tied up. Yeah, if you guys were all tied up. It would be it'd fine. Be fine. It's you like, got to be the know, victim. The, the, there's a fine line between what was it? Clever and stupid. Clever Again, and stupid. <laughs> yeah. Another quotable quote forever. Yeah. I've used it. I've used stupid. it ever since. It's a fine, fine line, line between yeah. clever I'm, and stupid. I'm definitely gonna watch this like five more times. I am I'm gonna too. get all these freaking one liners. I feel sorry for anyone that didn't get to see it as a teenage boy. I'm sorry that sounds really snotty, but it's just a yeah. perfect film for teenage boys because it's well, quotable, it's metal, uh, and it's stupid. I did. It was called Wayne's World. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had Anchorman. Yeah. True, true. Um, guys, I, I'm going to have to shoot off this fairly soon oh. as I have got people staying with me and I am being told that wine is being poured shortly. Well, oh, um, I get it. We'll be so, One of yeah, those kind I mean, of parties. All right. Five, five and a half hours or so, we'll be there. Um, so uh, I, I think, uh, you know, my time on your planet has come to an end. Now, Richard, yeah. I have to ask you real quick. Do you want to pimp any certain releases? I mean... Do you well, want to use this yes, as a commercial opportunity? Yes, I do. Um, firstly, uh, obviously, if you haven't heard the Chasing Tone podcast, go and give it a listen and then never listen again because it's just stupid. Um, <laughs> but that's that our is motto. Pod- you can't take that. That's, that's how I pitch our show. <laughs> like, it's stupid. They already put that on a t-shirt. I don't know why anyone no. listens to it. So. I mean, it is, uh, obviously, it's a, a labor of love for, for me, Brian, and Blake every week. So uh, it, it's normally pretty funny. Uh, but yes, Wampler Pedals have just released the new Metaverse multi-delay uh and uh i want everyone to go out and buy one and find out why i love it so much nice i'm actually holding mine uh, right now my metaverse and whoa, i will whoa. probably use the delay whoa. plugins uh a little bit <laughs> a in this little episode little so if you hear some weird echoes or some delightful echoes throughout this episode it'll be the metaverse and have you had a chance to play it yet at all I haven't. No, I, my power supplies are all packed up. I can't even plug it oh, in. Oh, what? I just what? bought it okay. to register it to get the free plugins to use on my podcast. Um, listen, guys, it's been a real pleasure. I could have talked for about another two hours on this, um, nice. and I'm sorry that I've got to cut it a little short, but wine is money. Yes. <laughs> wine is money. <laughs> <laughs> all, all right, chaps, right. I'm out of here. All right. Thanks, Thanks Richard. Richard. Hey, so George, when he holds up the 59 yep. Les Paul that is still sustaining, he says, from previous plays. <laughs> yep. 
and he hits every key perfectly. It was awesome. Did you have a moment of need? Were you like, why don't I have an R9 yet? No. Because I had a moment but of I... like, that is such a pretty guitar. It reminds me of my R9. And then he's like, yeah, it's 59. I'm like, yeah, I know. I have one. You're yeah. the best. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I loved that he was like, can, he's like not even playing anything. He's like, can't, can't you just hear the sustain? And, and he like, hums the right co- chord. Like, it's just like, I, that was awesome. Like, he hit it like three times the same. And he's like, Wah. Well, do you know, like, Trav, do you know what sustain is on a guitar? It's like, yeah, like, it, it, it's, it's like how a, it's how long the note will the ring note for. Last. Right. Right. And obviously this guitar hasn't been played since the last time he played it. And he's saying, he's like, can't you, you hear, hear the sustain? Yeah. <laughs> you no, can, I got the actually, joke. If you're a musician, you can look at a guitar and and almost know whether or not it has good sustain okay by just by looking at it and a les paul is one of the best okay so um but no i i it's actually funny we start talking guitars after the wampler guy goes <laughs> it's, it's fine <laughs> I, I mean yeah <laughs> what really hit me it was his uh his sg his white sg with yes. the p90s oh man i don't know i don't know why dude as far as you know, as, and I never ever thought in a million years I'd be a Gibson guy, because I played a Strat for so long, and I'm such a big fan of Stevie Ray Vaughan. But I recently, like within the past year, got my standard SG, and it is my favorite guitar. Yeah, right now I'm using it for all my pop punk rock stuff. Mm. Um, it's dude. I and I don't even think about a Les Paul anymore. I used to think about Les Pauls all the time and how I really should have one. And whenever I pick one up, I'm just like, this feels like my SG, uh, but a lot heavier and less comfortable. Yeah, but they sound different, you know? They feel I su- different. I suppose, I suppose I really, really like the thin, the thinness of the SG. There is a place for both in the world. And that's why I love seeing Spinal Tap play those two guitars specifically, because I thought, oh God, it's, it's George and I yeah. playing our boomer rock. Right, because I yep. keep seeing videos about how the young bands of today aren't playing Gibson stuff, and I don't know if that's true or not. I don't have a strong enough sample size, but I can tell you, if we are guitar boomers, George, uh, at least we're in good company. I think we are, probably. Marshalls and Gibsons—that's where we're at. Marshall, yeah. I mean, that's where I'm at, a hundred percent. Something just popped in my mind. It's funny. Your hobby is being shunned by the young, and my hobby. <laughs> It's being like embraced by the young, like yeah. collectibles of of yeah. pop culture. Eighties mm-hmm. and nineties is like where it's at. Yeah, it's the late seventies, eighties, and nineties, and it's the opposite with the things that I am involved in. That they're like, oh, we want we want to go buy that Sega Genesis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like, but you have a PS Five. No, but it's a Sega Genesis. I'm like, yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I can't geek out on guitars, so I'm just going to say that. That's okay. My kid came in the other day having watched uh, a YouTube video on the history of the 32X. And he was like, oh, I watched a video about the 32X and how it only improved the graphics, but not the actual games. And I said, yeah, you want to play with one? He's like, what? So once we get unpacked, (laughs) I got to unpack my 32X. Huh. Yeah. I hit all my points, although I missed one. Which one? Uh, I found interesting that they lost the rights to these characters to the studios and they just recently were able to legally get the rights back so we might actually get more spinal tap oh my god nice from these guys yes please awesome. i don't know if it'll be movie form or maybe like online you know streaming just, just or content just like snippets content dude i'll t- i'll take content 
Yeah. I, and my other question, Dan, you have the DVD, right? I have the blue, yeah. You have the blue. Did you listen to the commentary? I did not, know. My question is, because this would be genius, did they do the commentary as their characters? Mm. Uh, that's a good question let me see if i can find the the characters will be awesome oh my god like speak about the situation what they were feeling like act like that really happened that would be pretty funny and if anybody could do it they could yeah yeah there's a certain commitment that those guys have to their characters that is just unmatched the music was uh was really interesting and funny um, it reminded but me of... You would listen to that CD. Like, the music wasn't bad. No, no, no. The, the words were... Yeah, the words. <laughs> the words were hilarious. Right. Um, it reminded me of... What is that... Damn, what is that That band? Steel Panther? That, yes, it reminded yes. me of Steel Panther. It's which, very, like, obviously. Cardi B. It's it's the counterpoint when people complain about Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion and their, like, explicit sexual lyrics. It's like, well, yeah, but, like, Spinal Tap. It's nights away. Yeah, it's like what was the what was the line like? She's too young and I'm too well hung or something like that. (laughs) It's like, dude, dude. not okay. (laughs) It's so bad. Uh. (laughs) It's so bad. Oh yeah, so uh, Spinal Tap, according to Blu-ray.com, in character commentary track. Members of Spinal Tap reminiscing. Let's, dude, come over. We'll watch it with commentary together. It'll be so much. fun. I don't have it on Blu-ray though. Oh. I also figured out what I'm going to be for Halloween. What? Uh this year. I'm just going to wear a, a sh- like a dark shirt with a with a pocket and yeah. put Gumby in it. Like that's <laughs> when I saw it with a Gumby in his pocket, I was like that's a Halloween costume right there. So good. I can't believe you hadn't seen it before cuz this is your yeah. wheelhouse. Like this is your movie. It is completely in my wheelhouse. I I'm a fan. I'm glad we got to show it to you guys. It's very silly. 100 episodes in. Where do we even go from here? We never even touched on how this connects to uh, Jamie Lee Christmas. How does it connect? Christopher Guest is Jamie Lee Curtis's husband. Oh. In real life. Has been for like 35 years. Wow. Good for him. So uh, we could go that route and do True Lies. Oh, I see your move. We, we've been threatening to. Is it time? Do we dare? Uh, Are we ever going to just break down and do fast times? We could do that too. Which is mentioned in this movie, I believe. No, it was mentioned in Stranger Things last night. Fast times, a couple times. So we could that's, do that. That's another one people have said. Yeah. They can't, they can't believe I haven't seen that. <laughs> so I'm surprised it took us this long to get to this now, after watching it. I'm surprised it hasn't come up before. Let's do... Um, Let's do Fast Times and then True Lies. That, I think, is okay. a big enough, you know, kind of ebb and flow of different things that we won't, like, it won't seem redundant week to week. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I'm good with that. All right, sounds good. So next week, so we're, fast, times we're do fast Times at Ridgemont High. At Ridgemont High. Thanks, listeners. Ridgemont. 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 I want to hear Richard's mocking American accent with as much as you guys do your horrifying British accents. I can't do a, a mocking an American accent, I don't think. Most of the British actors do a mocking English accent when they come here, when they do a movie, right? 
but it's usually uh, pretty good. <laughs> I, uh, how could I do an American accent? You have to I go full it. Texan. You have to skip the boring Ooh. Midwest Ooh. accent. You the trouble is, right, is over here, one of my favorite comedy shows is Alan Partridge. And he does a really bad American accent. Mm. And uh, every time I try and do an American accent, I sound like Alan Partridge doing an American <laughs> <Right>. accent. <laughs> Uh, so I, I I don't know. I have to be given a feed line. I can't just come up with anything because I'll just say sidewalk, sarsaparilla, faucet, basically, and other say, weird words you use. Say I'm going down to Wawa to get a hoagie. <laughs> in a, in a fake American accent. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Hold on. I'm going out of Wawa to get a hoagie. Boom. That's pretty <laughs> nice. good. That's Although, really good. If you're from our area, it's a hoagie. <laughs> it's from, yeah, if you're from Delco, it's a yeah, hoagie. It's a hoagie. Everyone from Delco had COVID last COVID. year. COVID. <laughs> and they called their friends on the phone. The phone. Because let's face it, Sydney, your mother was no Sharon Stone. Yeah.